1: seen the sky so blue, The birds are singing, I got nothing to do.
2: Hey, hey, hey! hey. Mm, it's a sunny day. Sunny day. And, uh, <coughs> my pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare.
1: But call me illogical, I just don't care. Hey, 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 just hey! Bitch, hey, hey. it's a sunny day. It's just a sunny day. The KSL Greenhouse expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Shaleos and Ton Medis on KSL News Radio.
3: Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse and spending your Saturday morning with us. Number to call with your questions 801 575 8255. You can text us at 57500. Starting the hour with our top of the hour feature, and today we want to talk about things that you should or could plant in the fall, specifically shrubs, bushes, trees, and is fall actually the best time to be doing this type of planting, Tom?
1: It's a good time to plant many things, and it's either now or the spring, you know, the two best times, but a lot of times garden centers will discount their stock because they don't want to overwinter it and so after Memorial Day it's a good time to find trees and shrubs for your yard if you can be a little bit flexible.
3: Are there different things to think about when you're planting trees and shrubs in the fall than when you're planting them in the spring?
1: Well they don't once the temperatures cool down they don't need to be watered quite as often is the main thing and even though you know that tree may even lose its leaves if there's enough energy in there it'll root out somewhat in the fall and again in the spring and it's almost like you're getting an extra season in from fall planting so that the tree's more ready to break dormancy in the spring
3: so how can we be most successful if we are going to plant a tree or a brush in our yard a bush right now in our yard uh what what should we be doing to make sure that these these plants are successful
1: Well, there are several things. One of them starts with finding the right plant for the right place.
3: It is key, isn't it? It is. It doesn't matter how well you do everything else. If it's not in the right place, it won't survive.
1: It won't. And A lot of the things we buy look cute in a pot, and so we bring it home, not realizing that that perennial is going to get three or four feet tall, or that tree is going to get 50 feet tall, and we're living on a fifth-acre lot. And so there's a lot to look at. And so what I would recommend doing is going to the garden centers and seeing what's available and using the tree browser. USU just barely revamped the tree browser. Mm. So uh, Mike Kuhn's work that developed it continues and they've revised it, added more species, updated it for more modern internet protocols and things. But the tree browser is a great resource to look for uh, trees that you potentially want to plant and so that's one thing but just looking at the tags at the nursery using your web browser to find more about the tree you need to be careful because a lot of times say you're looking for a japanese zelkova and it says 70 80 feet tall not in utah about 40 mm-hmm. you know and so the trees don't just get they don't get as tall here The next thing, once you find what you want to plant, is going to be digging an appropriate hole. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to mix the soil with compost. And there are some situations you may need to, but 80% of the time you don't. But when you're planting, the depth of the hole is going to be critical because you need to have that tree So that the, what's called the root flare is right at ground level. And that's the point on the trunk or at the base where the trunk starts to widen and then the roots start to grow. And so it'll kind of flare out. And that point needs to be right at ground level. And the fact sheet we're posting has pictures and things of what to look for. And then you want that hole two or three times as wide as the container or the root ball but not deeper. You know, you don't want to dig deep and then put the soil back in or put compost because it may settle because the roots are going to be coming out from the sides of the pot and not underneath. And so that's why you loosen the soil around the side, but you only dig as barely deep as you need to. And you stop because the roots come from the sides of the root ball.
3: I needed to know this information a couple of months ago. May I just say that? I'm because, sorry. of course, I dug it deeper thinking, oh, I'm going to loosen up the soil and make it better for the roots to grow. But that's not the case.
1: It's not because uh, of... The trees look good. So I'm yeah, okay. so you're great. Okay. But because of how the trees are handled, especially the bald and burlap, so those are the ones wrapped in burlap, you know, they're set on the ground and... So the bottom of that root ball doesn't have many actively growing roots. The actively growing roots are in the middle of it, and they will reach out into the soil from the sides.
3: One thing to think about, too, uh, pull that tree out of the pot first, because I dug the hole way wider than I needed to because I dug it maybe the size of the pot, not the... Size of the root ball. Well,
1: you want it way wide,
3: but it was wider than it needed to be. More, my poor husband okay. did a lot of digging in, in a very difficult area, and yeah. he's like, "Okay, this was overkill."
1: <laughs> well, JD, his quote, one of his memorable quotes are, "You always dig a three hundred dollar hole for a three hundred dollar tree." Right. So you might have. <laughs> Your husband may have been on his back laying in bed for a while with a broken back, <laughs> but to have an extra wide hole, it's never the,
3: the a width back. was not a problem. Yeah. Okay, yay.
1: So that's what I would look for is proper planting and then the watering. You're going to need to keep the tree wet but not drowned. And once we get down into the 80s and the 70s, you may only need to water it once or twice a week instead of every two or three days because of the cooler temperatures.
3: And it's always best to have a dripper for it rather than being lawn watered. Sprinklers,
1: I just never want to rely on sprinklers, and even drip. I, when it comes to watering trees, I am not a fan of drip irrigation at all. It's just they can clog. You always have to put more in every year. I would rather just drag a hose over to the tree and water it when I need to. With sprinklers, I in sprinklers, but that is me. There's a lot of people that are really good with
3: You know, my it. chances of forgetting would be really great yeah. if I did it that way. Yeah.
1: And I understand that too. So uh, the automation of it is really nice.
3: No doubt about it. Yeah.
1: So some other things I wanted to hit is when you're shopping at the garden centers, a lot of things will be on sale. And as far as perennials go, anything that blooms in the spring or into late summer, Mm -hmm. you can plant right now and they'll be fine. But fall blooming plants, especially the mums and asters, you may lose up to 50% of them over the winter because they're so focused on blooming.
3: So don't plant those.
1: Well, I'm torn because they're so beautiful. And so but use I've them you, for I've baskets. done this
3: year after year, not recently, since I've been doing the greenhouse show. I learned my the error of my ways. But they say they're perennials, but they're in full bloom and they're gorgeous. And you plant them, and then they don't come back in the next. No, year.
1: the cold weather hits, and they don't have the energy to do you it. Plant
3: those in the spring when they're not in full bloom, and you'll have much better luck. You
1: will. And if you want to try to overwinter them, I actually would maybe even plant them in the pot, and come. You know, late late in October when they're done blooming and they've frozen, cut them back and just pull the pot out of the ground, put it in your garage or unheated shed and water it every two or three weeks and plant them in the spring.
3: Might do better that way.
1: Yeah. Or if you wanted to, you could pull those pots out and cover them in six inches of straw or bark mulch. You don't want the fine stuff, but chunk bark to protect them and they may overwinter better that way.
3: Okay. When we're talking about trees, should we be adding some sort of fertilizer when we plant trees?
1: Absolutely not. Not in the fall or even in the spring. You want those trees to struggle just a bit and send their roots out in search of nutrients. And if you put a bunch of nitrogen fertilizer at its base, it's happy. You know, those roots are going to stay where the nutrients are. And so on the first year of a, the life of a tree when it's planted. So a calendar year, you don't fertilize it that calendar year. After that, you can start fertilizing it minimally to cause some growth, something growth and things, but it's imperative that that tree sends its roots out into the soil, establishes relationships with beneficial microorganisms to increase nutrient uptake. And then you can start fertilizing it after that year.
3: Okay, we've been talking about uh, planting trees and shrubs in the fall, the benefits of doing so. You can find a great article on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page as well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll take your calls, 801-575-8255. Helen will be first up. You can also text us your questions, five seven five
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
3: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call, 801-575-8255. Text us at five seven five zero zero. Back to our phone lines. Helen has been waiting very patiently in West Valley City. Good morning, Helen. What was your question this morning?
2: Uh, yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have uh, a couple of rose bushes that I bought the, last, the whole 15 years ago, and they're like a hybrid tea rose, like a powder uh, pink color. Well, last year and this year, I noticed at the base of the uh, rose bush, a new branch has uh, grown uh, really tall and produced uh, little red flowers, like it's gone wild. Now, how can I uh, prevent, uh, you know, my original um, rose bush from, you know, producing any more? And should I take it out or cut it down to the base or? You I absolutely totally should my... remove
1: it. Uh, it will take oh, the over the thing? rows. That whole new branch comes out, and you're going to need to watch once a month if you see them keep removing them because the rootstock is going to be more aggressive than what's grafted onto it, and that's the only way to keep it from being overtaken is to keep pruning those shoots out from the roots. Uh,
2: my other question is I have a couple of bo- uh shrubs and i've had them planted in one spot for about five years now am, am i safe to say that i can take those out and re uh put them in a different uh, area in my yard
1: sort without of them dying on? it's absolutely not the time of year to do that uh, you would surely okay. kill them if you did it now but you would need oh, to okay. wait until late october or early november and dig them so that the root ball is at least a foot to 18 inches wide and at least a foot deep. And then get something around those root balls if you can. It's like some burlap and tied with twine. So once you've dug them, you lift them and put them on the burlap and wrap them up and then just bring them to their new home.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I just love your program. I learned so much from your show. Thanks again. Have a good day.
3: Thank you, Helen. Thanks for calling and thanks for listening. Uh, Next listener, Tom says, is it still too hot for 2,4-D?
1: It is. If it's above 85 into the 90s, it's too hot. You're going to spray that in mid to late September when temperatures are consistently below 85
3: John is asking you, uh, he wants to plant a garden now, and he wants to know what vegetable seed he would be able to plant now. Radishes. That's it?
1: About it. Uh, There aren't like some winter
3: squash or stuff? They
1: wouldn't ripen. They would be killed by winter frost.
3: Okay, so get your your vegetable garden all set to go for next year and plant radishes.
1: Get in a good place with radishes now.
3: Well, what if he doesn't like
1: radishes? Well... I guess next year. Do you then.
3: eat radishes?
1: I like radishes.
3: They're kind of peppery.
1: They are. Um, USU has a planting guide for <laughs> vegetables. And so if you just do an internet search of USU and Wasatch Front Vegetable Planting Guide, it will come up and give you the dates. We're about a month to a month and a half late for most fall crops. But and John the, is excited now. Yeah. He might get away with... Some short-season lettuce, too. okay. So we might have to cover them come October, but radishes you can ripen in 30 to 40 days.
3: Okay. I don't feel very satisfied for John.
1: Back in the day, my wife and I did this whole diet thing, and it focused on vegetables as being your primary uh, nutrient source, Mm -hmm. and they also had to be fairly low-calorie, but radishes were one- That yeah, you can eat them in a salad, and I really like them that way. But there were several recipes of radishes in soups and being baked that that weren't bad. You know, I would rather have had a potato (laughs) substituting, but you know, considering they weren't bad, people are like radishes. We had one that Uh, you um, you put olive oil on them with salt and pepper and garlic. And they were very edible. How's that?
3: That's just terrible. Okay. So the so, next listener, I'm moving on If this was a
1: dating service, it would be called <laughs> lowered expectations. I'm trying to sell those radishes better, but I'm not doing a good You're job. You're not
3: doing a good job at all. Okay. So next listener wants to know, they're seeing these round shotgun circles in their heuchera leaves and petunia flowers. What, what's that about?
1: It could be a lot of different things. Insect feeding is the most likely thing. There are some beetles, and if they've had grasshoppers, that would be another one. But I would need more information to really say.
3: You got a frowny face from John. Besides radishes, can he do carrots?
1: No. It's just they take too long. You would get maybe some carrot tops (laughs) that are edible, but they're worse. Well, radishes I do like. But the carrot tops are edible, but they don't taste good.
3: Okay, we're going to take a break and come back with more of your calls. 801-575-8255. Text us five seven
1: Let's dig around town with KSL Greenhouse.
3: If you've wanted to switch to drip irrigation, find out how with the experts at Conservation Garden Park on Thursday, August 24th at 6 p.m. Register at conservationgardenpark.org. Learn which perennials will provide great fall color in your yard with Weber Basin Water on Saturday, August 26th at 9 a.m. Selecting the right plants will help you conserve water while creating a beautiful landscape. Register at WeberBasin.gov. The annual tomato sandwich party is coming up on September 9th from 11 to 2 at Wasatch Community Gardens. Celebrate the harvest season with a fresh tomato sandwich, live music, and garden-themed activities for the whole family. Learn more at wasatchgardens.org. Now a look at this week's quick tip.
1: Begin monitoring your lawn now for signs of insect damage. Indications of damage include brown spots scattered across the lawn. However, it's important to note that similar brown spots may also result from other lawn issues like drought stress or fungal diseases. To determine whether insects are the culprit, gently tug on the grass within a brown spot. If the dead grass easily pulls out, it's likely attributable to insect damage. However, if the grass remains rooted despite being pulled, the cause is more likely related to diseases or drought stress. You
3: can also find the Dig Around Town calendar and more fun gardening info at kslnewsradio.com slash greenhouse. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
1: There's desperation and anguish.
3: More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding.